Okay, so I'm going to be reading this morning from Exodus. I'm going to be starting at chapter 16, verse 2. Manna and quail. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat round pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron, when I can turn the page, said to all the Israelites, in the evening, you will know what it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning, you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that we should grumble against us? Who are you, sorry, that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, say to the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked towards the desert and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? For they did not know what it was. This is the word of the Lord. I was really glad to move into Hillsborough uh, when we moved uh, when, when I moved back up north, because uh, I was, you'd never guess, but I was born here, I promise you. And um, it was really nice to move to Hillsborough, to this historic, almost sacred ground that we live very near, and by which I'm referring to the Footprint Tool Company, which is just across here. Every bricklayer, I'm a bricklayer by trade, every bricklayer I know has a Marshalltown trowel, has a Stabila level, and a fair pair of footprint line pins. And um, so I was really impressed to be so near the footprint like for a tool company. 
Uh, what I'd like you to do, and excuse me if this makes you cringe, but I'd like you just to turn around, and, because we're going to do a little bit of discussion. So uh, some people love this and some people hate this. So I'm really sorry if you're one of the, the haters. And you don't have to. You can spend your own little bit of time meditating if you would like to. But it'd be really helpful if you just turn around and said hello to a couple of people because I'm going to ask you some questions that I'd like you to discuss together in groups. Um, and so, like I say, don't feel you have to. If, or even if you're in a group, don't feel like you have to say anything. Totally okay. But um, just a, a turn around now, say hello, because you are going to spend a little bit of time discussing with them. Um, well done. You're doing it already. Shuffle a chair if you need to. And uh, that would be great. So the first, thing, um, the first thing I'd like you to discuss is, have you turned the heating on yet in your house? Or are you a more hardy soul than that? Okay, hands up if you've got heating on. Hands up if you haven't got the heating on yet. True Northerners. Okay. In the passage that we looked at, what happened was, is God gave the people a command as to how much to gather on one day and how little to gather on one day. And God said, I'm going to test them through this. So he wanted to check out their obedience. And sadly, some of the people got it right and some of the people got it wrong um, when they went to do that. And I was going to put hands up, but I won't put hands up for this, because who's ever done anything bad? Okay, <laughs> some, some uh, honest souls have got hands up already. Okay, who's ever done anything good? So the next question I'd like you to discuss are we bad people who sometimes do good things, or are we good people who sometimes do bad things? In your groups, are we good people who sometimes do bad things, or are we bad people who sometimes do good things? St. John's, what do you think? Okay, we'll go for another minute on this. So if you've got something burning to say in your group, say it. If you're in a group and you're the only one who's talked, it's time to shut up. Okay, another... If you've got something burning to say, then do say it to your group. Okay, does anybody want to feedback? Who feels like one or the other? Lots of discussion going on. Does anybody want to say what they were discussing? 
decided to come Hang on a sec. It should be on. Okay, go for it now. We decided to come down on the fact that we're good people made in the image of God, but we do bad things because we live in the fallen world. But Jesus, um, we like the line in the song that um, he, um, God looks on him, Jesus, and mm. pardons us. Me. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Thank you very much. Anyone else want to... Comments, focus, say anything. I don't think uh, people have changed since Adam and Eve, really. Um, Paul said, didn't he, in the Bible, the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't, I should do, I don't do, and things I do, do, if you know what I mean. Yes, I know exactly you what know you what mean. I mean, and I struggle um, with it as well. <laughs> and uh, we were good when God made us, but mm. then we were tempted, weren't we? So... And then Paul says, nobody's good, not even one. But through Jesus Christ, he saved us, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So now we are in Christ. Okay, that's really helpful. Thank you very much. The third thing I want you to think about is this story of manna in the desert is there for a reason. Uh, when Moses, probably when he was collating all the stories of the stuff that gone on, he, he said, oh, I must include that one. In your groups, why did Moses include th this story for Scripture? Why, what, what does it teach us about God? Go. What time am I working? Again, another 30 seconds, so if you've got something Bernie to say, go for it. Cool. Anyone else want to just feedback something from their group? It doesn't have to be what you were saying, but maybe something feedback from the group. Does anybody want to... Okay, that's fine. I'll get back. It's a great story. And as far as I can see, having looked at it over this uh, last few weeks, is that it's about God's provision. And not just God's providing, but God's heart. God wants to provide for people. 
And we see great with harvest, and we're giving thanks for the overflow of what he has given to us, because he is God the provider. There's another story uh, back in Genesis where God provides a lamb, uh, a, yeah, a lamb for a sacrifice, um, and the Bible described God as Jehovah Jireh, God who is the provider. And that's in his very nature and his character, and that's what he loves to do. We love to give things to other people. We love to be generous. There's a joy in being generous towards other people. And that's the character of God within us coming out. The Bible tells us that there were 600,000 people who came out of Egypt, those slaves. And God was transforming them into being a nation. And I don't know what your logistics skills are, whether your coordination is good or not, or everything else, but there were 600,000 men. So there's probably another 600,000 women. And then there's children on top of that. So we're probably talking about a million, uh, sorry, two million. That's a lot of bread. That's a lot of quail. That's a lot of organization. How, for 40 years, how do you provide that much food, that much toilet facilities, that much whatever else, whatever the logistics had to be if you were organizing that as a thing. And God in his supernatural provision provided that because that's what he loves to do. And we see uh, from the story that God wanted to see if they would trust him. And they were told when they could gather and when they couldn't, and some of them got that wrong. And the story is there. I don't know about you, but I, I often read these stories, and, and you want to laugh at the people of Israel for being so stupid and getting it so wrong, because God has spoken, and all they have to do is carry it out. And at sometimes you're frustrated with the people of Israel, and sometimes you empathize, because I don't know about you, but I see myself in them. It's simple. God has said, live like this. And yet, within me, it is often so difficult that we do the things that we don't want to do, and the things we don't want to do, we do. And it is, it is so hard at times, living the Christian life and battling with ourselves, with principalities and powers, and with society at large. The Bible says, to relax, trust God. And yet, when they've been given, said they've told, they were told to go out and gather, but only gather a day's worth and leave everything else. And they went out and they gathered more than that because it's just common sense, isn't it? You provide for yourself and you have a bit extra in your store. But what was overgathered, you probably know the story yourselves, went rotten. And so, their desire to trust God or God's desire for them to trust him was tested. And presumably over the next 40 years, they learned that lesson and they came through. So three things I just want to point out here. That God is a God who loves to provide. And we can call on his name in moments when we need God's provision. So what is there? that you, or maybe as a church, that we are asking God to provide, where there are all sorts of needs, emotional, physical, 
uh, financial and everything else. It's in God's nature to want to provide those things. And we call on him. And before you think I've wrapped that up neatly in a package that all we have to do is pray and God provides, God's modus operandi. Did you? I grew up watching the Sweeney on telly. And uh, it's, they always used to say, what's, what, what's his MO, Gov? What's his mo- how, does he norm- how does that criminal normally operate? And God operates through us. God has chosen, and I've got told off for saying this once in the church, but I'll go for it again. God has chosen to limit himself to us, to our prayers, to working through. So when you see the Bible, very rarely, God sometimes does, but very rarely does God just turn up and do stuff. It's normally through somebody or through a group of people's prayers or whatever it might be. And that's how normally God reacts. And I don't know about you, but if I'm the filter through who God acts, then that perfect message is going to get slightly or hugely distorted depending on who we are and how that comes through. So this perfect plan of God, which is to involve us and to use us, which is a a tremendous privilege, is also a sticking point, if you like. And the last thing is this, is that that filter that is slightly distorted is being renewed day by day. So God renews us, restores us, so that we can filter God out less. We can be affected less by the things around us, by the habits of this world, by the values of this world, and become more and more uh, led and guided by the habits of God. God gives us faith. Faith to follow him, faith to pray bigger prayers than we would normally dare to pray. And yet that faith is shaped by our experience and by the good things and the bad things that have happened to us. Our faith grows, and as I've got older, I've found our faith sometimes shrinks when we've had negative experiences or things that have gone wrong or questions that have come up. And so God, the people of Israel, are on a journey. Not just through the promised land, but they're not just through the desert, but they're going into the promised land. The first thing they're going to hit when they hit the, come out of the promised land is Jericho. This big city of not very nice people who sacrifice children, worship Baal, and do all sorts of unhelpful things. And God's desire is to bring the kingdom of God into that place, to bring God's rule into that place rather than the rule that is there. And so he's taking them through the wilderness, step by step. The God of the burning bush, the God of the parting of the Red Sea, the God of the provision of manna through the wilderness is the God who is continue to leading them on. Last time I spoke, I asked us to Think about some of the formative things, some of the experiences that we've had which which help our faith in the future. And here, Moses has written down for us 
some of the things that God has done that we can look forward to. We can see God at work and expect God to work in the same way in the future. As I have said before, I'll finish with this, that if there's an area where you're praying into and you'd love to see God break through, you'd love to see God help you in this area, share it with somebody else and ask them for you to pray as well. We're not going to do that this Sunday, but get hold of somebody because if you have a struggle, often that struggle is a bit overwhelming and you can't see the wood for the trees. And someone else looking from outside would have a clearer perspective. It's easier to have faith for someone else's situation often than it is to have your own. So when you're praying into some of these things, share it with a family of God, uh, a trusted friend or whoever that might be, and pray it. Because God is, that's what this overall story is about, is that God is the one who provides, who loves to provide, who wants to provide who wants to bring the kingdom of God into your situation. And prayer is the vehicle that we have for that. Let's just spend a moment. Um, yeah, let's just spend a moment of, of quiet. We'll have 30 seconds where we can just maybe hand over. Lord God, this is the situation. Maybe it's your own situation. Maybe it's something you're carrying for somebody else. And we can hand it over to the God who provides a way through the wilderness. Lord God, with the joys and the victories, with the hurts and the disappointments, we come again to put our faith in you. To say, Lord God, Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides, move in the situations that we have thought about and prayed about this morning for every stronghold that sets itself up against the power of God, we say, go in the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and bring the love and the power of God that we can see the kingdom of God come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.